It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. On VSIN, the sports betting network. March is finally here, which means madness is right around the corner. The NFL calendar rolls on with Combine Weekend in the NBA and NHL. The regular season is winding down, which means every game matters. A lot to cover as we welcome you into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, Michael Lombardi, getting some well-deserved vacation time. So we are so fortunate that Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, VSIN analyst and all-sport expert, but especially when it comes to the NBA, <laughs> expert handicapper joins us. How's, this, how's it going? Well, I'm good. Good. I'm good. Uh, you know, we're rolling out these new lineups and these new shows, and I have just been tickled pink by the uh, new intros for all of you guys. Uh, there was the Bash Brothers, Amal Shaw and Patrick Maher back to back at the South Point <laughs> Sportsbook, and then there's you and Michael uh, modeling for one another here at the Circus Sportsbook. So I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed my time so far, enjoying the new rollout. I'm a little bit confused on how the finger guns that I yeah. did jokingly ended up making the open, but. I guess it just is. It shows my personality. It, it, it does. I, well, I, I, I'm, a very I'm debating. Person, so there we go. I'm debating what I like more: the, your finger guns, or there's a, there's a clip of Maher who's like pointing out to like somebody like, "Hey, what's up, man? I know you. I'm a man about town," kind of deal. So. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Okay. Off to a good start. And you're just on a million shows as usual. So we appreciate you filling in. Of course. You're always got time for you guys. We, um, we were going to talk plenty of, you know, NFL combine Mm -hmm. throughout the week because that's what's going on down in Indy and Jalen Carter, a great player at the university of Georgia was expected to speak today, regardless of what he said. I don't think that's what we would have led off with 
today, no right. matter what. Um, but a very unique and unexpected situation um, going on. An arrest warrant has been issued for a potential number one pick. He's been somebody that's been considered, if the Bears were to keep that selection, who they might take. Um, ha- He's yes. So like I said, um, issued for a potential arrest warrant for an alleged role in that January traffic crash that killed a teammate and recruiting staffer for the University of Georgia back on January 15th. Um, The charges for reckless driving and racing by the Athens Clark County Police Department after the investigation found that Carter was allegedly street racing with Chandler LaCroix, who they have found out via toxicology that his blood alcohol content level was more than double the legal limit. So a sucky, awful situation like loss of life is going to be far more important than anything that we discuss here on the program, Mm -hmm. but really crazy how much everyone has been blindsided by this news over the last hour and a half. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. Like you you said it perfectly when it comes to loss of life, it does make a lot of these conversations somewhat meaningless when we're, when we're discussing them and the ripple effects, what this does for, you know, the NFL side of it, the football side of it, Jalen Carter, a guy who had a lot in front of him and then now ultimately is facing what he's facing right now because of the decisions that he made. So there's a lot that comes out of this. And from the betting perspective, what it means, as you mentioned, for the first overall pick, uh, what it means for teams behind the first overall pick in terms of, okay, is Chicago more or less likely to trade out of that first now selection? Uh, Does that mean that the Indianapolis Colts and other teams who have been rumored to go up to number one now have an easier time of acquiring that draft pick? Uh, Everything that comes from an event like this, it's going to be, we're going to see all these dominoes topple as it goes along. Uh, but as you said at the beginning of it, it's what's going to happen with Jalen Carter and mm-hmm. his future is just a person as opposed to an NFL player. Yeah, and these are misdemeanor charges where they stand right now, but I think a lot more still has to come from the investigation based on what we've heard so far. Evidently, he left the scene of the crash prior to police and, and ambulances arriving, came back a couple of hours later, and each time that he has had to talk with the police about the instance his he's had varying accounts so his story has changed um which is obviously a suspect type of a thing to have happen so we don't know and we probably won't be able to know if he was also intoxicated during the time this crash happened about a week after the national championship was won for the georgia bulldogs and in terms of his numbers because we are sports and sports betting network for that number one overall pick about a week ago he was six to one to go number one overall on BetMGM, we see 11 and 12 to one top defensive selection has gone off the board but last i saw he was a minus 105 favorite to be the top defensive player that was drafted and now as you mentioned the the ripple effects and what does that mean and what does that mean for like we don't know even right now if he's immediately going to Georgia if mm-hmm. like what he was supposed to do they the last i heard was everyone in Indianapolis was told that he was stuck in medicals and still doing that and then they were going to go from there but then a lot of people said that like a rumor around Indy was that he wasn't even there oh yeah so. there's a you know one of my colleagues is over there and he's at the combine, and he's, they were just sitting there all waiting at the podium for him. Like yeah. that, that's how quickly this happened, and then he eventually didn't come out. And, you know, you mentioned this shift to the odds. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, at this point, just given the situation, would assume that the Chicago Bears don't want to invest a first overall pick in a guy that has this, we'll call it baggage for lack of a better term, and just what's going to happen yeah. with him in the near future. Uh, and so 
does it make it more likely that Chicago is going to get out of that selection? You brought up a great point. Uh, one of the markets, first defensive player taken. What does that do mm-hmm. for a market like that? I'm sure that'll be off the board for a while until we get some clarity as to what his situation is going to be. But that is going to change in terms of that market and who's going to be favored to go first overall, at least in terms of the first defensive player off of the board. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to be crass, but everybody gave Todd McShay a really, really hard time when right. he said that Jalen Carter had potentially character issues based on things that he has seen. And now as this information unfolds, it's kind of a uh, an interesting situation. We'll, we'll talk this further a little bit later in the show. Patrick Finley, Bears reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, is going to join us, get his perspective on the Bears side of things and kind of how this information has unfolded, what that might mean moving forward. But as we move forward here on the program, it's a big day in the NBA. Kevin Durant making his son's debut later on tonight in Charlotte, taking on a listless Hornet squad. Um, been out with an MCL sprain since January 8th, JVT, but been working out with his new teammates the last couple of weeks. He's going to be on a, a minutes restriction, according to their head coach. But what do you make of his initial opportunity to hit the court with these new pieces? First off, uh, I think we defend the Charlotte Hornets. They've won five straight. They they are starting to turn things around. They now have 20 wins on the season. So, no, overall, they are somewhat listless. <laughs> and, of course, the mellow ball injury does not help things for the Charlotte Hornets yes. uh, with the fractured ankle. So I, I, the uh, the newest episode of Hardwood Handicappers is, is out, and you can check that out. And by the way, if you you know you want to watch this game on NBA League Pass later tonight, your boy's going to be on the NBA Bet Stream, so you can check that Let's out go. too. Um, but I, I think because you don't have enough jobs, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I think what the, what you're looking at here from a betting perspective, and I wrote about this and talked about this on the podcast. It's you're not rushing to bet Phoenix, right? Because one, Kevin Durant's on a minutes restriction, so you don't know what that's going to be. Would also say that a guy like Paul George, for example, had a minutes restriction on Friday against the Sacramento Kings and ended up playing over 40 minutes. So minutes restrictions are just words, and sometimes they are easily broken when it comes to guys playing on those. But I, I think what you're looking here, Stormy, is it's not so much, hey, let's go and run the bet the Phoenix Suns because they have Kevin Durant now. It's the ripple effects of what does Kevin Durant do for the Phoenix Suns? So one of the great examples is Matt Moore over at the Action Network, who we'll do the bet stream with later today, and talking with him before in terms of our pregame meeting, it was look at Devin Booker assists, for example. Devin Booker has the ball in his hands a lot. He's a really good passer. And with now a secondary scorer outside of him and Chris Paul, well, now when the ball leaves his hands, there's a pretty good shot that the guy who's going to get it is Kevin Durant, who's going to be able to hit that shot. Same with Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton's going to have a lot of good looks. So maybe Devin Booker assist props are something you want to start to look over with. DeAndre Ayton is not going to get doubled in a post or anything like that because if you double, well, now you're leaving four guys or three guys to defend a mix of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, or Chris Paul. So maybe a points rebounds with a uh, DeAndre Ayton, which is 31 and a half this morning. Maybe that's what you're looking at. I think that's what we're kind of observing here now is when Kevin Durant plays, what does it mean for the pieces around him? And what are the ways we're attacking this from a betting perspective using those angles as opposed to just purely, hey, I'm betting the Suns today because they got Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And Well, I guess from that perspective, like when you look at the spread, is that something that you just kind of want to stay away from a little bit to get a feel for, okay, what actually is Kevin Durant's impact going to be on the court? How long is he going to play? Is this a game you live mm-hmm. bet instead maybe? Oh, yeah, I think so. And like I've always said too with these, is there certainly a sh- obviously a shot that they come out, they cover 10, no problem, and they win? Like, yes, of course. Um, but there's also a chance that when you're breaking in new personnel like this, you get off to a slower start in the first quarter, you get a better number underneath 10, and you can lay that and go from there. Now, the injury situation and just the personnel for Charlotte does kind of throw a fly in the ointment uh is that a pun because they're the hornets kind of um but like (laughs) i like it right so it does kind of mess things up a little bit because they're a really bad team and they're very short-handed but i think at the end of the day 
with numbers like this and the situations like this, you're looking to kind of find a better position for yourself, and that would include in-game and going okay. in there on a discount as opposed to going in and laying 10 pre-flop. We're going to talk a little bit later this hour about both NBA and college basketball kind of contenders and pretenders who you think could really make a run. As far as the Suns go, they obviously made a huge leap in the odds. They were 18-1, to 1, now the second shortest shot on the board behind the Celtics to win mm. it all. Are you a believer that this blend is going to work come postseason? So I think it depends on what you ask me to what degree. Do I think it's going to work and that they're going to win a championship? I, I think that the odds have, have shorted them a little too much. I, I still would rate Milwaukee as a better team than the Phoenix Suns, for example, and Milwaukee's behind them in terms of probability to win an NBA championship. So, like, in that regard, I think the market's wrong here, and I wouldn't really believe in it big picture for this season. Because remember, you're talking about, mm -hmm. let's say they has a real minutes restriction, doesn't play in the second leg of back-to-backs, we're talking about less than 20 games to get him acclimated before you get into a postseason where the Western Conference is wide open. I, I think that's somewhat tough. But, like, will it work on the court? Absolutely. Will it work next season when they get to add a couple of ancillary pieces in the in free agency and whatnot? Absolutely. But I think that this year, the way the market's kind of priced them, I do think that it's, it's incorrect in pricing them as high as they have been right now. Are enough people talking about this Milwaukee Bucks win streak? I don't even know it's, it's the gone win streak. super under the radar. I feel like. right. Well, that or just how good they've been. Like they're the one seed <laughs> yeah. in the Eastern Conference right now, and, and yet, like you can, they're still behind Boston in terms of winning it. I mean, we just showed the odds too right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're still well behind some, two teams to win this thing, and like they're they're brilliant. Giannis has been awesome. No, I agree with you. Like Milwaukee's just kind of like just playing some of their best basketball. Giannis yeah. is incredible, and the market's just like eh, whatever. I heard. I can't remember what talk show I was listening to the other day, but people get in on Giannis for that like late night show appearance that he did. Oh, I didn't watch it yet, but I saw it. Yeah. It's clearly written for him and he's reading it off a teleprompter it's and he's like Durant, laughing. Right? Yeah. The yeah. Kevin Durant thing. It's legitimately nothing. And people are going back and forth on talk radio saying, well, like I wouldn't want to upset Kevin Durant in the league like this and that. It's so stupid. I don't want to sound like an elitist, but I'll say that sometimes coming out of the all-star break, people don't watch the league and they need low hanging fruit Ugh. to talk about. And that's one of them. Aye, aye, aye. Well, like I said, later on in the show, Patrick Finley, Bears reporter, is going to join us. We'll have Harry Gannon, host of the Against All Odds podcast. Nick Alberga, get into a loaded NHL slate. But when we come back, continue our NBA talk, a number of games to get into, all of which seem important right now. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older or physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Stormy Tony and JVT with you on the desk live from Circa Resort and Casino. As we get into some of the marquee NBA games tonight, we already talked a little bit about the Suns-Hornets game and KD's return to the court. Also, make sure, since we, we might not get to every single game that you check out Hardwood Handicappers, which dropped this morning. Yeah. You've got a full article written on vcin.com yep. breaking down every single game. Also, if you go to vcin.com slash JVT, you get all of Jonathan Von Tobel's written work. It's correct. So yes. get on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what game are you most intrigued by tonight other than the KD appearance? I uh, So I think the top of it is either Philly, Miami, or Cleveland, Boston. I think you start with Cleveland and Boston because – so Boston, it's it's pretty interesting. Boston, third best offense in the NBA as of today. But in two games against Cleveland this season, it's actually been 
it's actually been held down pretty well. Offensive rating of 107.8 in the two games that they played. Keep in mind that both of those games happened last week of October and the first week of November. So they played really quickly once the season began and have not met each other since. And it just, you know, things change over the course of a really long season. So you wonder if that is going to be the case that if Boston again is going to struggle offensively in this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, you know, you look at the two games, there's no real constants that kind of stick out. I mean, in the two games, for example, Cleveland, a combined 31 of 40 at the rim. That's a pretty good rate to shoot within four feet of the basket. So Boston did have some trouble keeping them, uh, keeping them out of the restricted area. But for the most part, that's the only thing that sticks out. And Donovan Mitchell went ham in one of them. I think he scored 41 in one of the games. So that really helps you out. But there's no real consistent line of demarcation that really shows you Cleveland has this edge. So maybe that's going to happen here again. But the market is buying in on that edge happening. This opened up six and a half. Where you can see there, we're down to four and a half now in terms of the consensus number for the most part with a total of 219 and a half. What I'm very interested in is this season, Stormy, like the road has been an issue for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. If home court has meant more this year than it did last year, Cleveland themselves, 13 and 18 straight up, 12, 17 and two against the spread on the road this season. Is that really going to play uh, into this? Because the market would tell you here, that at four and a half, there's only a one and a half point difference between Cleveland and Boston. But every other market indicator would tell you that gap is wider. So is this a matchup thing? Is the market getting this right and driving this down? Are those road woes going to continue for the Cleveland Cavaliers? It, it's it's a really fascinating game. It's it's one that I did not have a play in uh, later today, but it's one that's definitely worth watching because Boston has had its trouble with Cleveland so far this season. Yeah, and Boston now, as you referenced uh, a little bit ago, has been leapfrogged by Milwaukee in yep. the Eastern Conference just by half a game, but they're that much more hungry, you'd imagine, to get oh, back on top. So. Absolutely. And again, like with home court, it means something. And yeah. even in the postseason last year, it got up to being worth four and a half points in terms of the median results at home. So home court is going to mean a lot for these teams, and especially when you're talking about a potential Eastern Conference final series between Milwaukee and Boston. Boston's going to want to play that game seven if it happens mm-hmm. on their home court, obviously, not in Milwaukee. So, no, this these games, as you mentioned, these mean everything. Like, we are now in the fi- final five and a half weeks yeah. of the season. And every game matters, but these games are very important as they kind of, you know, peck and paw at each other and try to get you know, their perfect standing within the conference. And it matters for Cleveland, too, who's only four, uh, two games back from Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. So, t- tonight, Philly, um, they lost to the Heat at home earlier this year as a six-point favorite. Do they get revenge tonight? They're laying two on the road, and you just talked about home court advantage. Does that play in Miami's favor here? So I think games like this are pretty interesting because you mentioned it. We we just saw them play in Philly on Monday. And so if we're looking at those numbers, Philly was a six-point favorite in that game at home against the Miami Heat. That total was 217. So you look to today, and you're saying, okay, it opens Philly minus one and the total at 215 and a half. So the total opens about one and a half points lower than the one that closed. That makes sense. They only had 90 possessions in that first game. It went under by about 18 points. So those adjustments would make some sense. But I would, I would point to the spread here. If we're going by three points for home court, that would translate to a pick here in Miami. But not only is this one, there are twos that are starting to pop up across the board and even a two and a half. So essentially what we're saying is Miami has either been downgraded or Philly has been upgraded by the market since they have last played by about a one and a half, two points. So I, I think that there is inherent value, per se, in betting Miami here. This was a game that Philly was laying six, should be picked here if you're just doing the easy translation back to South Beach, but that isn't the case. But the market is coming in and going, it's a revenge spot. Generally, when these teams play one another again, that is worth something. And usually the result that happened that first time around does not happen again. But I think from a pure point spread perspective, you're seeing a little bit of value here. And the key to me, like on the court, 
It's going to be turnovers. There was only 90 possessions in that first game. The Philly turned it over 18 times. That's a lot. That's a really high rate of turnovers in a really slow game. And if it's going to be slow again, Philly's got to be able to take care of the ball because if they're going to turn it over again, then, of course, you're giving away possessions where they're very, very valuable, and you're not going to have a lot of opportunities to score here against Miami. So if Philly's going to turn this ball over, then it's going to be Miami again. So on court, that's going to be important. But I think like point spread value, I would say that it would be Miami or pass because this is just a little bit higher than what we saw over in Philadelphia. Speaking of revenge angles, though, I'm still just extremely bitter and reeling from what happened to San Diego State last night. Did you watch yeah, any college basketball? Man, I didn't. I actually, I did not watch it. I Ugh. saw the. I was watching the box Ugh. score. Yeah. I was with Tim Murray last night, too, yeah. who, of course, bet Boise. And okay. so I'm just sitting I'm there. I'm sure he was happy when they were down, right? <laughs> I'm sure he was level-headed and happy when they I'm were down. I'm just – even when we walked out of the restaurant, he's, like, fist-bumping to highlights that are playing on the way out because, really? yeah, 14-0 run for Boise. SDSU leads the entire game, and then they just can't get their offense together in the 14 final 14-3 now in conference play? It's, I don't want to talk about it. I think they'll be fine. I hope so. <laughs> I think well, I'm over here trying to pimp them as a Sweet 16 team, and then they go and lose to Boise again. Like, well, Boise's not chopped liver. Boise State's a pretty good team. They're bleh. They swept them last year, yep. Boise did, including that Mountain West Tournament Championship game that and I had to watch, where, again, the San Diego State offense just couldn't freaking deliver in the final minutes of a game. And three of those five starters are not playing for Boise State? Why do you have to do this? I'm just to saying. Me? Why do you have to do this to me? All right, we'll keep going down the NBA slate so that I'm less bitter. Um, but the Nets and Knicks going head to head tonight. I want to say this number seven and a half total, 223. Yeah. Knicks are riding a heck of a win streak right now, six in a row. Meanwhile, Brooklyn dropped three straight and obviously are missing a lot of what were supposed to be key cogs for their team now since the trade deadline. So we've got, uh, let me see, double check my notes here. We have six games, I think five games of this newly constructed uh, Brooklyn Nets roster. And the thing that has stuck out through these games that they have played so far is their offense stinks and their defense stinks. Love that. Right. And, and, and that's been the interesting <laughs> part. Through the six games that we have seen, they're one in five. They have averaged just 109.2 points per 100 possessions on offense while giving up 122.3. So, again, it's a small sample size, but the sample size is relevant because this is the sample size of this newly constructed roster. These are the new pieces that are playing together. So that's been very interesting because from a totals perspective, one of the things that I've been trying to do with Brooklyn is, okay, like team totals, for example. They played six games, three of them of going into the game with the Hawks over the weekend, the first four games, three of them, they had gone under their team total. Well, now we're through six games. Four of them have gone under their team total. This Nets team has not been reaching those levels in terms of their team totals. They've been hung a little too high. So that's an angle to look at, betting Brooklyn Nets team total under, especially when you start to look at the New York Knicks. You mentioned it, 8-1 and one straight up and against the spread their last nine games. One of their more impactful defenders down low, Mitchell Robinson, is now back. So that's going to help you out in that regard. So that's going to be something to watch, too. Well, the Nets, again, struggle to score consistently. You go to last night. They had 34 points in the first quarter on 10-20 shooting against Milwaukee. The rest of the way, they had 70 points, and they were atrocious. They had 19 in the final quarter to play. So with no rest, going to New York, who's played really good defensively, probably assume that it's going to be a struggle here for the Nets. What I did here was I bet the first half for New York, laid four and a half with the New York Knicks. From everything that we just talked about, Factor in that there is no rest here for Brooklyn going into New York. New York has been one of the best first-half teams in the NBA this season. They are sixth in net rating in the first half. They outscore opponents by 6.1 points per 100 possessions. 
And in terms of their offensive rating, they are the fourth best offensive team in the first half of games in the NBA, taking on one of the worst defensive teams over the last six games that we have seen since newly constructed. So went first half with the New York Knicks. I wouldn't say no to betting the Nets in terms of their team total under yet again, because again, through these six games, they've gone under it four times. I just think that the way this team's constructed, there's talent here, but their offense is going to struggle to create because they don't have a lot of shot creators. I'm actually kind of surprised that they're this bad defensively. Maybe that improves, but... Well, because they have a lot of good wing defenders, you know? Like, I figured that would be better, but that hasn't been the case. Uh, Bulls-Pistons this last minute here. Two teams that have uh, largely struggled yep. lately, offensively and defensively. Now that you mention it, yep. <laughs> anything you make of this one? I'd say really quickly, shout-out to Jeff Schwartz, who's up on Twitter, pointed this out. Uh, three games since Patrick Beverly and Alice Caruso have started in the backcourt uh, back for Chicago. All three games have gone under the total. Bet this thing under 224. It's now 222.5. Overnight was 226.5. How about these numbers really quickly? Patrick Beverly, Alex Caruso on the floor, defensive rating of 89.8. That is incredible. It's incredible defensive rating. However, their offense sucks. So <laughs> they play at a really slow pace, play really good defense, but not efficient offense. Leads to a lot of these games going under the total, and the market's responding to that again, too. You are an absolute wizard. Awesome stuff. Make sure that, again, you guys check out Hardwood Handicapper. He's got a full breakdown of everything. Single game. No, you're uh, stuck sounds with like you're me. wrapping it up. With you're me. Like, stuck with me for another hour and a half, unfortunately, for you. But when we come back, we'll get into some NBA and college basketball postseason contenders and pretenders, who we think can go all the way, maybe who stands out a bunch of the best, the rest. Oh my gosh. I'm not doing Surely. teases anymore. I'm cut. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In addition to new shows, VSEN's kicking off a new set of podcasts as well to give every better the insights, tools, and confidence needed to make better betting decisions. VSEN continues to expand its catalog of popular sports betting podcasts to cover every corner of the sports betting menu, no matter what sports you like to bet or how experienced you are, you'll find a podcast for you. The VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast has some of the best college hoops analysis around, breaking down the betting odds, lines, and totals. Host Tim Murray has three episodes each week with invaluable contributions from alternating co-hosts Matt Humans and Adam Burke. The VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast featuring Danny Burke and NHL betting expert Andy McNeil. They cover all things hockey twice a week. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Hardwood Handicappers also Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hosted by the one and only Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, who joins me now on the set in for Michael Lombardi. He's getting some vacation time in. And with college hoops and the NBA, like this is crunch time right now in college basketball. There's already some conference tournaments that are underway right now. Seating on the line for the NBA, just about 20 games or so remaining. So every game feels important and I thought it was a good time maybe to talk through some contenders and maybe not so contenders. Seems that we don't trust at this point. Pretenders going forward in the postseason. Sure. You want to start NBA or college basketball? You choose. You're driving the ship. I'm ready for whatever right. you got. Well, let's just, I guess we can keep the NBA train rolling. Like, who is a contender right now that you like to win it all? I mean, it's okay. If we're starting with the obvious, it's Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee. Given the way that they're constructed, they have arguably the best player in the NBA on their team, in Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have the best defensive guard in the NBA in Drew Holiday. They have unique lineups that they can tinker with to change things. They can play their traditional lineup with Brooke Lopez, have a stretch big who's really good defensively in terms of rim protection and their drop coverage that is going to allow them to play elite whenever there's another big on the floor. They have a small ball lineup with Giannis Antetokounmpo at the five, and now they have 
uh, Jay Crowder to play power forward in those lineups so they can put shooters all around Giannis and have him just proud, you know, just just go around everywhere defensively and also take advantage of some other bigs that are going to be on the floor there. Like I've The more the season has gone along, it's not to take any way, anything away from Boston, the more I have really enjoyed and come around mm-hmm. on Milwaukee. Not that I thought they were going to be bad, but I just thought that Boston was a better team. But the more I've watched Milwaukee and looked at this roster, the more I have felt that this is the team that should be favored to win the NBA Finals, not the Boston Celtics. Okay, 5-1 to one to win it all right now, third on the board. Do you see it being a two-horse race, though, in the East? Like, does it come down to Milwaukee and Boston at the end of the day? Yeah, I think it's hard not to say that. Like, I would not be – if you were to tell me right now we look into the future and, like, Philly won the Eastern Conference, I, don't, I wouldn't be shocked. But I, I think that the probabilities, obviously, of anybody other than – if we were to hang a prop, who wins the Eastern Conference – Boston or Milwaukee versus the field. Boston or Milwaukee would be, I think they'd be a slightly, they'd be favored in that matchup. Now the field would probably be favored very ever so slightly, but Boston, Milwaukee is the most likely outcome in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Who's one of those more upper echelon teams that you do not trust? I think if we're going, I'll go to the Western Conference, I would go with Memphis. So if we're, if we're considering right top yeah. two seeds in their respective conferences, the, the problem with Memphis is offensively, they've been really inconsistent. They haven't been shooting the ball particularly well. They did add uh, Blue Kennard to their roster. And so the lefty is going to help because he's a really nice shooter and uh, was one of the best shooters in the NBA last season and can be a really good volume shooter. And it's what they desperately needed. However, if your big addition at the trade deadline to kind of keep up with what's been going on in the Western Conference has been just Luke Kennard, you know, it's a team that I think still has some issues when it comes to their offense. And there's just like little things, Stormy, that I think bother you when it comes to Memphis. You know, for example, go back to last year in the postseason. Steven Adams got played off the floor by the Minnesota Timberwolves. He couldn't keep him out there in certain matchups where there's bigs that can pull him out to the perimeter. So that's a problem. John Morant is a weak link defensively. He is going to be picked on in these series where now you're hunting for mismatches and going after the worst defender on the floor. That's going to be John Morant, and they're going to go after him multiple times. Mention the inconsistent offense and the shooting. Like, there's little things, these three key things for the Memphis Grizzlies that other teams, I think, can pick on that ultimately, I would say, like, that's the team. If we're talking about contenders, top two seeds in their respective conferences, I have the most trepidation with backing them as a legitimate contender win the NBA Finals. I know you said weak leak defensively, but still had a triple-double last night. Not too shabby for him against the Lakers in that one. Um, As far as a team that is middle of the road or, or... one that's not necessarily being talked about as much, a team that could make some noise and go farther in the postseason than they should. Well, I, I don't want to – they haven't really been talked about as much because they haven't been winning and they've also been injured. But I think the market has fallen asleep on Golden State. So I, I bet them – they're going to get at, Steph back. Of course, right. Yeah. Like that's, that's the big one, right? Steph Curry's going to be back. This is a Warriors team that has had their best player out for now two long stretches multiple times this season. You also have Andrew Wiggins, who's quietly been injured all throughout the season, who hasn't really been healthy. You know their starting lineup, so it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. When those five are on the floor, they have outscored their opponents by 22.1 points per 100 possessions. Still one of the best starting lineups that you're going to see in the NBA when it comes to postseason time. And I just keep thinking that when this team, when you're talking about them in the range of, I got them at plus 910 to win the Western Conference, when we're talking about numbers like that for a team that is waiting for its best player to come back, and yes, will it have a tough road to hoe when it gets to you know getting through the Western Conference if they end up in a 7-8 matchup and they have to win their way into the bracket? Yes. But I also, if we're talking about, let's say they finish seventh, we just talked about Memphis. Wouldn't sleep on them in a series against the Memphis Grizzlies. I wouldn't sleep on them in a series if fully healthy against the Denver Nuggets. 
So I, I think when you look at like what the Golden State Warriors can be when fully healthy, and we're talking about some of those middling teams, I think the market has kind of forgotten the, the potency of Golden State when they are fully constructed. I know our, on, our own Sean King bet them to win the Western Conference about a week or two ago. so he He's felt, probably around the same price yeah. that I did. Yeah, 9 10 or so. He yeah. felt similarly, though, that they were a team that could wake up, and then once you get Steph back, all bets are off to an extent, see how far they can go. Uh, and they showed and, last night, by the way, they can come back. Yeah, well, and, and I just think, too, so I, I wrote about this in the NBA Guide, and I brought this up a couple of times when talking about it. You know, when it comes to betting futures and whatnot, especially in sports like the NBA, where the season's long and arduous and there's ebbs and flows to it, you're, you're looking to bet on teams that the market has moved off of or adjusted on a little bit too much. And you're looking to bet on teams, not because they're playing poorly due to poor play, but lack of consistency in terms of availability. And then that's golden state. You know, for example, I've got a ticket on Philly to win the, the NBA finals at, uh, I think 24, 25 to one right now. They're 13 to one. The reason I bet it was they got to 24, 25 to one because James Harden, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Max were all hurt at the same time. So do I necessarily believe that, Philly is going to win the NBA Finals. You know what? It's the probabilities against them. We just talked about that. But do I have a 24 to 1 ticket on a team that's now about 13 to 1 and can do something with that? Should they make it to a position where I can? Yes. And so I think that's the same thing with Golden State. When they are fully constructed, the probability of them winning the Western Conference is higher than what the prices that are out there right now. My only concern with Golden State is like a more casual fan is just the fact that they can't win on the road Absolutely, at all. Yeah. Um, but I guess in a in a playoff series, if you have home court, you only need one. So. Yeah, and, and experience helps, right? Like experience yeah. helps. And look, they, to your point, they more than likely are not going to have home court unless it's a play-in game, right? Because they're going to finish, it seems, in the bottom yeah. four, uh, board, bottom four seeds. So that is something that... I don't really have a response, right? Like it seems odd that they can't win road yeah. games for a team that's experienced. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't push on anybody who says that's their main concern. Okay. College basketball, Houston plus 650 favorite to win it all, followed by Kansas, Alabama, Purdue, UCLA, and Arizona on the odds board. Who is a contender you trust and one you don't of that bunch? Okay. Uh, I, th- I mean, it's hard not to trust Houston. I, I just, so I like teams that are constructed the way that Houston is, like super strong on the glass. Offensive rebounding is insane. They play and they dictate their pace, right? That's the biggest thing. They, they'll never really be sped up or caught in a matchup that doesn't really fit for them. Uh, and, like, offensively, they shoot the ball relatively well. Like, I say relatively well. They're only shooting 35% on the season. Like, I think I would say that of those teams that they would be at the top. And I guess if we're talking about, like, pretenders, I mean – Give me Alabama, I guess, if I'm kind of nitpicking there to a certain extent. I don't really like that they don't force turnovers at a really high clip. They kind of, an SEC play, and throughout the season have had an issue in terms of putting teams on the free throw line. That's kind of been a problem for them. Uh, but I think you're kind of nitpicking. I, I think literally, like, if we're talking about the top five teams for the most part. Like they're, they're really solid teams, I think, that any one of them could win a national title. The thing that we keep talking about so much in college basketball this year is the parody that yeah. truly, it seems like, anyone could probably make a run here. Is there a team middle of the row that has just interest you that might be at the numbers available now, be worth taking a flyer on? I bet a Kansas State 40 to one that I'm not feeling super high on lately, Yeah, but um, I liked it for a while. I mean, so I, I'm in the same boat and it's actually a big 12 team. Like for a while, Iowa State was that team for me, right? Okay, I thought they, you were going to say TCU. No, like, cause Iowa State was, hey, we turn the ball over at a really high clip. We can get out and run. We can have a lot of fun with it. Like they looked like they were an elite defensive team, but they've kind of slid off. I'll go back to the team that I think everybody keeps going back to when it, this question keeps popping up, and they're starting to rise here a little bit. Creighton is a really good team. And, People love Creighton. Very yep. high on them at the beginning of the season, yep. too. They go through that losing streak. They've lost three out of four now. One of them was a double overtime game to Providence, and then a two-score game to Marquette, or a two-point game to Marquette. But 
when you have the size down low in terms of Kalkbrenner, you have good guard play as well like they do. They can get out in transition if they need to as well. They're not an overly fast team, not an overly slow team. I've really liked what I've seen from Creighton quite a bit. And still in that range of 30 to 40 to 1, I think is worth it for Creighton. Yeah, and shout out Marquette, by the way, as well, if you had an 85 to 1 ticket on them to win the regular season championship because that came through. Marquette, 35 to 1. Creighton, 30 to 1 um, via BetMGM odds as we sit right now. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Nick Alberga talking all things NHL, a six-game slate coming up. And Patrick Kane, officially a New York Ranger. Stick around. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. Opt into the promotion, then place an NBA one-game parlay wager of four legs or more, and you'll get up to 25 bucks back if you miss one leg. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, or Nevada. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Stormy Tony and JVT on the desk at Circa Resort and Casino. Getting into some NHL talk with our friend Nick Alberga, host of Leafs Morning Take on Nation Network, co-host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast, also Raider at Daily Faceoff and other publications, at the Golden Muzzy on Twitter, one of just the top mm. Twitter handles in the game. But I got to tell you, Nick, I am very disappointed in your apparel today because with the March 3rd trade deadline approaching, I thought for sure you'd be wearing the someone make a trade t-shirt. But I guess everybody's been doing it, so you don't need it? Well, I've been getting chirped a lot, and guys, great to be with you. I've been getting chirped a lot by friends. I have more than one of of those shirts, by the way, because I wear it like every day. So I got to pick my spots, uh, but I, I've gotten a couple trades in the last couple days, right? Yes, there you go, including one that was maybe the worst kept secret in the NHL, but it finally came through that Patrick Kane is going to be a New York Ranger. How much does that make you scared of facing the Rangers come the playoffs, given that they've added Vladimir Tarasenko, they've added him, and that top six looks that much more dangerous. Yeah, it feels like the Kane trade stormy went down like two weeks ago right? at this point <laughs> because we got 11 trades yesterday in the NHL. Um, let, let's tackle it from a betting perspective. Why not? Um, I came on these airways a couple weeks ago and said that was the time to bet on the New York Rangers' future to win the Stanley Cup. I don't like the value anymore. Quite frankly, you add Tarasenko, you add Patrick Kane. I think they're sitting around plus 1,000 or plus 1,100. But you look at some of the other teams, the route to get there is going to be really, really difficult when it comes to the Eastern Conference in general. Um, I think there's more value and pathway in the Western Conference for that matter, namely the Colorado Avalanche, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, maybe the Dallas Stars, maybe Winnipeg, maybe Vegas. You never know. Uh, But I think from that perspective, there's way more value in betting against and fading the New York Rangers. But I think Without question on paper, you add Patrick Kane, you know the chemistry he's built in his career with Artemi Panarin, Tarasenko's in the mix and what they bring there in the top six. But I start to wonder, are there too many cooks in the kitchen? How many super teams go on to actually do something substantial Mm -hmm. is my question. What did you make of the Oilers adding Matthias Ekholm from the Predators? Uh, I know that we're always calling for them to figure out their goalie situation, but adding a top-end player on their defensive side could be helpful now? 
Yeah, they had to do it. Uh, I and mean, on top of that, I think this is a big moment as well for Evan Bouchard. Already reading the tea leaves, it sounds like Bouchard's going to start with Ekholm tonight or some sort of variation of that, which is great to see. But Tyson Berry had been running the power play for the last couple months. It's been a turbulent season so so far for Evan Bouchard. So I'm more curious in that front, but I, I love the Ekholm pickup. I just, I love what he brings to the table. I love his leadership, his qualities, uh, his puck retrieval skills, like everything. He checks a lot of boxes of uh, what Edmonton has needed the last couple of years. So you bring him into the mix. I still think the Oilers can add or should add at least one more defenseman. We'll see if they can do it here. Is there a trade that was a little bit more low-key, maybe like some depth pieces that a team added that the market didn't really respond to that you really, really liked that maybe increased the probability of a team winning a championship that wasn't accounted for? Yeah, I think to an extent, maybe Jesse Pugliarvi going to the Carolina Hurricanes, like he was in dire need of a change of scenery and they didn't really give up much to acquire him. And he's got the history as well with like Sebastian Ajo and some of the Finns on that roster. So I think there's value clearly in the Canes, even at plus 700. They were my favorite to win the Stanley Cup coming into the season. Um, I think to an extent, Tanner Janot coming in with the Tampa Bay Lightning is going to be a, a bigger pickup, although there was obviously a lot of conversation uh, stemming around that already. We could even go to Vegas and the Ivan Barbashev pickup. You know, ultimately, it is a copycat league. You look at last year, our Terry Lekkinen was sort of the under-the-radar move by the Colorado Avalanche, and the guy was brilliant. He's such a Swiss Army knife. And I wonder if Barbashev can offer that to the Vegas Golden Knights, especially with Mark Stone not in the lineup. You see that in game one. He plays with Jack Eichel and Jonathan March. So, so I actually think there's a lot of value and substantial value in a move like that. And the other name I would throw into the conversation is Nino Niederreiter. When it, with the Winnipeg Jets, goes from Nashville to Winnipeg, plays in the top line last night, um, You know, plays physical, plays that brand that they're looking for in Winnipeg. And I think he can help put that team potentially over the top when you look at having a Connor Hellebuck and you look at the body of work and the season that uh, Josh Morrissey has put forth there. So there's a lot of value, I think, if you look closely enough. Well, and two teams you mentioned in the Golden Knights and Carolina Hurricanes facing off tonight, one of six games on the NHL card. Um, what's one bet that you already have in pocket that you're excited about tonight? Um, so in general, I think I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the Dallas Stars puck line uh, for number one. Arizona played last night and they're really, really good last night. Um, and obviously with the rumors getting louder and louder coming, you know, around the trade deadline with guys like Schmaltz and obviously Chicker and we've been talking about for like 18 months. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get dealt at this point, but I like the Dallas Stars puck line um, and I'm going to probably hammer the Dallas Stars in that game. And I know the value's not really there in the money line. So I think you extract the most juices puck line, maybe even look two and a half if you want to get risky with it, or you can take them in regulation. There's a variety of different routes I would take with that game, but I think of the card, I like that. Um, the Edmonton game, I think, has the ability to get high scoring with Matthews taking on McDavid. You look at some of the changes. Uh, both teams at bits and pieces have had some issues defensively, so those are probably my two favorite looks of the night. I wanted to ask you, so there's a couple of these games that we've seen. We've seen some line moves here. So, for example, Rangers and Flyers, we saw this open up overnight, like $1.90. We're up to minus 220 now in favor of New yeah. York. What's with the line move here? Do you agree with it? Um, yeah, I, I think it's just, um, you know, the theatrics and everything surrounding Patrick Kane, who's not going to play in this game. I'm actually staying away from that game. I know Philadelphia has been dreadful. I know John Tortorella has been great with the media. Not really over the last couple of weeks. He's just a joy to cover on a daily basis. But for some reason, especially looking forward ahead to tomorrow's uh, debut for Patrick Kane on Broadway, I just think there's sneaky value and famous last words in the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, anytime I see 
uh, a gross favorite the way we're seeing, you know, pictured out here on the map with the, the New York Rangers. I like to fade the situation, but to be quite honest, uh, I'm staying away completely from that game. So, Nick, one of the things that we were talking about earlier today, right, Kevin Durant's about to make his debut for the Phoenix yeah. Suns. And, you know, my whole the point of ang- the angle I was going at was don't look at Kevin Durant in terms of player props or anything like that. Look at the ancillary pieces. How do they affect everybody else? Where do you bet in these other markets with other players not named Kevin Durant? So what would like a Kane do for some of these other players on the Rangers in terms of like shots on goal, things like that? What are the other players and what does their like workload look like now that a guy like that has dropped into the pool? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it's very similar to when the LA Lakers sort of beefed up a bit at the deadline, adding some shooters for LeBron James that I think you start to trend toward towards some assist props, right? I think in that conversation, Firstly, Patrick Kane has been on fire the last week and a half for the Chicago Blackhawks. He has missed a couple games, so I wonder if it takes him some time to get up to snuff. But, you know, ultimately, I look at that combination with Artemi Panarin. I think it's very likely they start on the line. So I think if you're looking at some props, uh, you look at Panarin's shot props, you look at assists, you look at points. Um, I think anybody Patrick Kane touches in the top six, uh, they're going to be benefactors. The, the guy I would look at to answer your question, actually, is Vinny Trocek, who I think is... Right now, at least slots in to play with Panarin and Kane. You want to talk about garden seats on Broadway. Uh, none better than that. So those two guys specifically uh, come to mind right away. Panarin, uh, more so Trocek, just having that ability to play with two superstars the way he's going to, uh, at least to start here with the Rangers. Nick, you obviously cover the Leafs closely, host of Leafs Morning Take on the Nation Network, and they're in action tonight. You referenced the game yeah. briefly, but um, a favorite in Edmonton against the Oilers, front end of a back-to-back for the Leafs, high total for two very offensive teams. What are some other angles that you're looking at in betting this game? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game quite a bit for a variety of reasons. We talk about the trades. Uh, there's a couple of Leafs that are expected to make their debuts in Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe coming over from Chicago. There's an outside chance maybe Luke Shen makes his second debut here for the Leafs. Uh, Matthias Ekholm with Edmonton. Um, I, I think I'm looking at some player props, some shot props. Uh, Nylander, Matthews, uh, McDavid, Michael Bunting. I think there's a lot of value in a Bunting point or assist tonight when you look at that game. Uh, just his attachment to, to Matthews on that top line. Marner and Matthews are back together, which is great news for those two, not so much for the rest of the league. So I do uh, forecast uh, a ton of offense in that game. I'm interested to see who starts in goal for the Oilers too. We know Jack Campbell, his attachment to the Maple Leafs. He's been downright dreadful this season for mm-hmm. the Oilers. And I wonder if they give him the revenge look tonight. I probably wouldn't, to be quite frank about it. I was going to ask you if the Leafs would get out of the Eastern Conference and, you know, get over the hump. But will they get out of the first round real quick? Uh, like everybody's been asking me that. Uh, T- Tampa's a tough opponent. I think it's going to be a close series. I'm forecasting seven games. If you're going to put me on the spot, sure, why not? Let's go with it. They're going to do 18, it. 18 years since they won a playoff series. So. <laughs> I'll hold you to it. Appreciate you, Nick. You're the best. Thanks, guys. Take care. Nick Alberga. Check him out at the Golden Muzzy on Twitter. But that's a story for another day. When we come back, we're going to check in with Patrick Finley, Bears reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Big news of the day, Jalen Carter among the favorites at the draft to go number one or the number one defensive player arrested. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.